Welcome to the Tech Sales Show, where we are dedicated to making you a better tech seller, sharing tried and true sales strategies and answering your questions weekly. What's up, Brian? Hey, hey, Bobby. So this is a listener's choice wrap-up. Someone asked us, I don't know, it's been at least three or four months ago, for you to dissect kind of your expat and help them understand if an expat assignment would be right for them. And here we are. We're, I guess we're 120 days from you and the family coming home, maybe 60 days from moving out of your house there in uh, London and starting, starting the process of coming home. I'm sure you guys are excited. Um, I don't want to ruin the episode, but just a high level. Was it good? Was it bad? Do you, do you, do you, do you regret it in any way? Yeah, it's been, it's been incredible, I think. So for those that are new to, to listening to the show, uh, I moved to, uh, to London, Windsor specifically in the UK, uh, about, um, almost two years ago. Uh, our company, Workday, is uh, heavily expanding and growing its financials application, and that's kind of what I specialize in. So, as that as that kind of product grows and expands internationally, um, I uh, was I, my aim was to help that. So, it was something I called out. You know, Bobby, we've done these series this 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 year on on um, stretch assignments and end of year stuff, and just kind of meeting career goals. And one of my career goals, and for my very first conversation with my manager. Uh, was uh, an international assignment. So um, yeah, we are we are both excited and sad uh, at the same time. It's, it's a bit of a weird time. I remember very clearly when you told me you were thinking about this and shortly thereafter told me it's it's locked in and you were doing it. I, I, I myself had a few arranged motions in my head, right? I was jealous. I was sad and assumed we were going to lose touch. I'm very glad we didn't. Um, but if that was me, a pretty close friend of yours, I can't imagine what your family must have been saying to you when you were saying, uh, hey, mom, dad, I'm taking the grandkids. We're going to London. Yeah, we've got uh, we got two kiddos. My son is about to turn 14. And my daughter is 11. My daughter and my mother-in-law and my mom, they've got a very special relationship. So that was incredibly challenging. My son you know, he's junior high age, about to start high school. So you know how, you know, how difficult that time is in life in general. So leaving friends and family was a challenge for sure. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was an incredibly difficult, we've got a close family too, which makes it, I think even all the more challenging, uh, or, you know, maybe it doesn't because they, you know, a lot of them came out to visit us. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was a, uh, weird, a weird time to kind of we kind of announced it and, it and and as we learned about it and as it was all happening it wasn't like we had six months lead time it happened all very fast very interesting so as we talk through it uh i, I for the listeners i'm going to be interviewing you today and I, I kind of broke up the interview into three parts kind of as we always do kind of the early stage how did you get the assignment what was the decision making process the middle stage kind of, okay, now you're in London, the UK, you're focused on Europe in a big way. You're, you're in the expat assignment. You know, was it good? How did it impact you personally and professionally? And then stage three is now you're coming home. How do you wrap it up? How do you uh, take advantage of all the good things that it did for you in your career? And then I'm sure there's a lot of family pieces that we can intertwine, however deep you want to go there. 
and then maybe discuss as a bonus, you know, some of your number ones, like, uh, I'll, I'll ask those to you when we get to that point, but some of your number ones towards the end of the interview. So let's get into it. Sounds great. So how did you get the assignment? What's the, what was your decision-making process? You know, we talk about one-on-ones all the time. We talk about owning the conversations. You've already said you were intentional about asking for it, but I mean, if they said Kuwait, you probably wouldn't have gone to Kuwait. I mean, I'm sure you guys don't even do business with Kuwait, but you get my, you get my question. Sure. So we, my wife and I, we didn't do much traveling, traveling, um, you know, international, certainly internationally, uh, growing up. I mean, we did the kind of the normal domestic trips that you do growing up, but we kind of, we both knew that we loved to travel. So we took a trip to London probably seven years ago and we kind of, we just kind of fell in love with the, with London and the culture and, in fact, this, the town we live in, we, we walked across the bridge between Windsor and Eaton. Bobby, that's a bridge that I've you're familiar there. with, and a lot of the listeners are. And we like we kind of joked with each other, how cool would it be to live here one day? And and you know, sure enough, that's that's where we landed up. So I, you know, how we how we came about to to moving to London was that, uh, as I mentioned, the my strength is in our financials application at Workday. That's a it's a heavily growing part of our business especially in the UK market that's kind of just behind the US market. So I had the opportunity to kind of see the massive growth in the US and participate in that. And I, I wanted to extend that and take the lessons I learned from the US to the UK and help the UK uh, grow their business. And that's that's what really we've done over the past two years. Super cool. It's been really fun to watch and then stay so engaged with you guys. And uh, we even came over last Christmas and, and started this podcast in your kitchen. So it's really cool. It was awesome. So one yeah. question that I've always had, well, maybe for the listeners, people thinking about considering something or making an intentional decision to go after something like this, any hindsight things that you and your wife should have discussed that you didn't discuss? I hate to get personal about it, but these are the real decisions that yeah. people are trying to think through before they make something like this happen. You have to be really clear, I think, about um, – you have to think through all the details. And it can be overwhelming because sometimes you, you – sometimes you make these decisions early, like we want to do an expat assignment, but we're not sure kind of where, when, how, all that kind of stuff. But then many times when it happens, it doesn't happen with a, a one-year lead time. So you, you have to, we had been talking about this for, for years uh, in anticipation of it happening. That gave us a bit of a head start, but I think things, if, you, if you're considering something like this, the things that you should really be talking about are how often will we come back? Will we budget to come back as often as we want to, right? It, it, It'd be great to come back every quarter, but I'm not going to spend, I'm not going to spend, God, what would that be? Six, six or seven grand uh, to come back every four months. I'm just never not mind do a that. couple 12 hour flights either, right? Exactly. And then never mind, I got a job over here and I got a house over here. And so, so it, you, you may think, oh, we'll just go back and see family often. You, you just can't, you can't come back four times a year. So, and then, and then you have kids that want to go back for their summer camp. So then you do that. But then I need to come back to – so just really think through the travel schedule. The obvious things um, about education, you know, the, the, the British education system is different than the U.S. education system. The grading is different, you know, in terms of what year they go into. And some years are dedicated entirely to testing. Is that what you want to put your kids through? Um you know, separating them from their friends, which of your friends can come over um, and being realistic about that as well. It, it helps that we're a little bit older, right? Because we got friends like you 
that can afford to come to London for 10 days. So, uh, you know, we're all in certain walks of life, right? And, and you may have friends in certain walks of life that can't take a 10-day vacation around the world. Was there ever a second early on, uh, maybe when you were there and your family was still here, or the first six months where you regretted making the decision to go? I'd say there was two points uh, that I struggled with the most. I, I think the first one was, as you know, I, I came first and family followed. So they were finishing up school. I moved in like March, February, March, something like that. Um, and they were going to finish up school and then they were going to do their summer camp and then they're going to come join me. Like when we saw it on the calendar, we thought no big deal. We'll be fine. It, you know, it'll be a tough few months. It was really tough. I mean, it was, I, I did regret it. I, I, I was happy. Um, in, I was enjoying the job. The job was hard, but I was enjoying the job. But I, I miss the kids. I mean, when your kids are that that age, I guess at any age, but certainly at uh, my, you know, my kids were ten and twelve at that time. Uh, it was hard to be away from them. And then I think the second point, where maybe you could call it close to regret, is I. I remember flying, have a flight to, uh, you know, I'm a cycling fan. I flew to go see the Tour de France. This was probably three or four months into the job. I, I, you know, the pipeline wasn't exactly where I wanted it to be. I hadn't progressed things as far as, as much as I wanted them to be. And I kind of had this like almost a panic moment thinking, man, what, what if what worked in the U S doesn't work in the UK? And that it, it worried me. And, and fortunately all, you know, it all came together, but, uh, yeah, a couple points that did. I would assume sales is sales. So, uh, I'm glad to see that you got it back on track. So all early stage stuff, um, I guess does work day or do companies provide some support mechanism for this? I mean, uh, maybe not everybody's alone for those three or four months, but is, did you have any kind of support with the company or outside the company other than the remote phone calls, et cetera? You know, I think not, not exactly. I think I think if you think of expat packages, I, well, let's talk about it from two dimensions, expat packages, first and foremost, about from a, let's talk about it from a kind of a financial support. There are some companies that will, they'll pay your house back home. They'll pay your house here. They'll, you know, help cover tax stuff all the way to you move yourself, you get your own visa, and then there's everything in between. So I, I think from a support, from a, a support and a financial standpoint, understand where your company falls on that spectrum because the costs can be substantial to move around the world as you'd expect, but it's not just the flights. It's the, it's, it's so much more than just the flights from, from just a support standpoint. I think you have to be intentional about staying connected to mentors, uh, both, uh, you know, where you're from originally, um, within your company, outside of your company, but no, it's, it's kind of a grown up decision, a grown up call. It's kind of on you to, to maintain those relationships and understand the financial commitment. Mental note, everyone, there's not support groups for expats uh, anywhere around the world. Um, and I guess <laughs> not that I, there probably are like, there's probably a Facebook page <laughs> that I just didn't look at. I, I just don't think I like people enough to, uh, <laughs> to uh, join some group that I'd have to commit to going to on a Thursday night. Well, I guess you talked about expenses. Is there any one thing that shocked you or overwhelmed you, whether the company was paying for it or not? Was there one thing you're like, oh, my God, I never thought you had to pay for this? How, how about uh, we, got a, we got a wonderful dog, Walter, Bobby? We'll, we'll put a picture of Walter in the show notes. I know Walter well. Uh, how about to fly your dog over was probably, it will totally, you know, end-to-end costs 7000 
dollars probably. Wow, Walter just to get him back. Walter just became gold plated. <laughs> wow, and I guess when you came home, Walter didn't come home with you, right? Yeah, he had to come back with us. That was that was part of the deal. No, no, yeah, no. I mean, I mean, not. each trip when you traveled to oh, Paris, oh. I mean, you did, the yeah. dog didn't go with you, right? Right. So yeah, factor in those costs. Kennel costs, uh, yeah, baby. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so that's the early stage stuff. Now let's talk about now you're in the role. Family's over there. You picked a place to live. You you've got some pipeline. Um, it had you had to have a, an aha moment once the family had been there for a few months, and you said. Holy cow, this is the coolest thing ever. Definitely. We, that started, we you know we're all travelers in the family now. And we were kind of, the kids were getting their sea legs. They were getting comfortable living life in Windsor in England. And we, we had planned and were very intentional about the holidays and they call them holidays here. Basically just any sort of vacation that you take is considered a holiday. So we, uh, we just planned trips and we had friends coming over. And when friends would come over, like you guys, we'd go to Paris. And um, yeah, we, I, I think the, the uh, aha, we're here, we're, we're in it, we're living in the culture, was just going to the museums in, in London, seeing plays in London, taking the train, the channel as they call it, to uh, Paris, France. Um, yeah, it's 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 different than living in North Texas, and I love North Texas. By the way, I miss North Texas, but it's far different than North Texas. Well, I'm sure you've heard they're building a train now between Houston and Texas. I'm assuming that's not the same excitement that your family had when they went from London to Paris. Under the that's English right, channel. that's right, <laughs> that's right. So those first six months, you were there. The family's there now. That the kind of reflection. Was there anything that you thought? Oh man, I wish I'd have known this. Any recommendations you might have for the listeners for that? first quarter of a two-year expat assignment i would have i thought i could probably figure out the whole banking thing and setting up utilities and like just random things like what should a more what should your lease payment be on the home that you live in right you you just assume that it's the same ballpark that you live on back at home but if you were to move bobby from from houston to la like where would you even start to know is is what is this a one do i buy a one million dollar home do i buy you know like you just there's some there are random things that you don't have the experience with that you think that you could probably figure out so i think what i would have done a better job of is probably speaking to multiple expats in my same socioeconomic status maybe uh, to know what is a reasonable distance from the office what's a reasonable lease payments because uh, you just don't have and then and then okay what bank do i go to and, and then you know uh i you know i need a utility solved first but then or i need to get my bank set up first but you can't get a bank without an address and just random things that i could have done a better job of and and i this really is the first six months i mean you're 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 working through this um you don't just move and then immediately lease a house you're in an, you're in an apartment for a period of time and uh it takes time to get settled well, I'm sure that there's many checklists out there, but uh, maybe we can try to put something together one day for our listeners. Uh, if you if yeah. you're considering it, call us. We'll interview you. We'll help Brian have Brian walk you through the process, and we'll create some documentation at that point. So, midpoint again, kind of in the expat. What what do you think it did for you professionally? I'm sure you could go on and on, but just at a high level, what did this assignment do for Brian Evans in your professional career? A few key things that stand out. If you can be, this doesn't 
this goes for domestic and international, I think. But if you can be successful on U.S. soil and then you can replicate that success internationally, it can do some pretty amazing things for your career. And I think that's true. You don't have to do an expat international assignment for that. I think if you can be successful in the mid-enterprise space and then be successful in the large enterprise space, you, you know, you can get, you can kind of feel what that looks like. The kind of, the company kind of sees you as somebody that can perform in, in a number of scenarios and that, that carries a tremendous amount of value. Uh, so I, I'd say, Bobby, that's probably the biggest thing for me. And then second is just learning international business culture. It's not a ton different, but it, it is, it is subtly different. And those subtleties add up and they're important. And taking that back to the U.S., the U.S. is a very international business climate. They, you know, these companies are, uh, for the most part, have operations internationally, and to be able to have an, an understanding of how these other countries uh, operate, um, both from how that impacts the technology you sell and how the business is done, is uh, is a key thing to helping get business done in the states. We talk about it a lot, and we've talked about it most recently in our stretch projects and those those merit badges that you're thinking about getting. I can't even imagine what your sash must look like. You've got all the things international, all the different countries you've been to, all the executives and global leaders for Workday and the the cloud conferences that you've attended in Europe. I mean, you, you've definitely added a bunch of merit badges. Yeah, and I've done some of it well and some of it not well. I, I've gained some good executive relationships in the company for sure, but I, I probably could have focused a bit more time on it. You know, as we walk through the series we did, you know, uh, a few weeks back um, around around annual review, it, it got to me thinking about how much more intentional I could have been, and and how many more meetings I probably could have had to do this. But yes, certainly it, it's had an impact, and uh, I've built both friendships and professional relationships that will last uh, hopefully forever. Well, we've covered the stages of starting your decision-making process and being an expat. Let's talk about what I'm sure you're super excited about. Now you're wrapping up this global assignment and you're coming home. Your family, I've seen it on your whiteboard when we've Skyped with one another. <laughs> you're t- counting down the days. There's going to be a, a separation phase that you guys are going to go through that I'm sure you're much more ready for this time around. But how are you maximizing this transition professionally uh, and just how excited are you guys to be coming back to Texas? I, I think the we're incredibly excited to be back home. We get we get asked. It's kind of the default question when people see me now in the halls of the office is, uh, "When are you moving back? Are you are you upset? Are you excited? Are you upset?" You know, it, it's that's the that's the kind of um, the you know the weather talk, so to speak. Um, but yeah, we're, we're incredibly excited to get back. Kids miss their friends. My son starts high school next year. Um, we've done a ton of traveling. We'll miss that traveling. You just can't do that on U.S. soil like we've been able to do here. So that's been amazing for us. Um, and then in terms of maximizing the transition professionally, I think it's just, um, as I talked about, there's some kind of key mentor relationships that I've picked up. In fact, I meet one of these key mentors on Wednesday morning uh, to just get it, you know, you, you, the advice that I get this this one leader in particular that I'm that I'm meeting next uh, next Wednesday is we've had several one on one since I've been here. He's a you know the vice president of the company, uh, one of our vice presidents in the company. Uh, moving inter- he's moved now three times internationally. He's running a massive business for the company, and and you know every every conversation we have, it 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 becomes qu- clear to me 
how big picture he's thinking and how mid picture or small picture even I'm thinking. Very cool. So I've only seen you once since we started the podcast. You and I had some barbecue when you came home one time and a little work trip, a little home trip. How ready are you to be home? Yeah, very much. So we got a house uh, already. Uh, we've had had some work done on the house, so I'm excited to see the house. I'm excited to see our friends. We have this little zip code, uh, the 013 zip code, where we probably have, I mean, 20 to 30 couples and then plus all their kids. It's easily 60 kids that our friends are friends with there. It's just our own little little patch there in uh, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So, yeah, we're incredibly excited to get back. And get back uh, from a business standpoint and, uh, yeah, just back to our friends and back to our church and back to our family. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. Barbecue. You and I had barbecue there in New Braunfels when we were back. Uh, yeah, looking forward to that good, that good Texas food. Well, that does lead into my next question. Other than family and friends and church, what yep. do you guys miss the absolute most about America, Texas, and or DFW? What do we miss the most? My wife would have already said Tex-Mex, so I don't know where your head's at. Man, all right, yeah. I don't want to steal that one from her, but that's that's on the top three for sure. We've not had nachos in I can't tell you how long. Uh, It's been since the last time we came home, actually. A little processed cheese, missing that, okay. Man, I will take some processed cheese and some barbecue. Man, I don't know. I, I think what we miss most about home, like if you take family and friends out of it, I think... Maybe, so I think people might laugh at this, but if you've been an expat, you wouldn't laugh at this. Every time you say something costs $100, you you just say $100. You have to make a mental transition to say 100 pounds here. And that's important in the business culture. It's not that you'll be laughed at, not that you'll be t- taking, taken unseriously if you, if you continue to miss that. But the words are different. You don't call them your pants. Like, are you, you know, what pants are you wearing tomorrow? Your pants here means your underwear. Uh, and there's about 300 of these, and they're small things, but it, it'll be nice to just kind of speak the language that, you know, even though it's it's English, the uh, the British version of English is just, just different enough to make you constantly kind of searching your dictionary in your head before you make a statement. Yeah, and imagine how much more difficult that must be if you speak a completely different language, like not just a I different dialect, imagine. but a different language. I can't even imagine. I have such respect for people that uh, are fluent in other languages and then and then do it professionally. Like that's on a whole other level. So we'll try and wrap up, but as you're coming home, is in your mind, what what are you doing to turn this experience into the just absolute goodness for your professional career? Is there anything you can share with us? Yeah, the biggest thing I'm I'm working on is a um, is basically I've you know, I'll be transitioning out of this role into another role probably. And the, what I'm working on is I've learned a lot over the past four years on the role that I've been in. And I'm turning this in basically into kind of a, a handbook or a guide of, of just almost an operating model. And it's from my perspective. So, you know, we have a, we have a sales process. We have a sales methodology as a company. I'm not looking to change or shift that, but then there's the, you know, we always talk about sales being a art and a science this is more about the art of, of selling workday financials. And uh, I feel like I've gained a lot of experience that. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm professionally, you call it a stretch assignment, a stretch project, uh, building a, 
just a summary of everything I've learned uh, from international sales. So let's have let's go into an overall reflection section, and we'll throw the bonus stuff into here too. Yeah, what was good and what was what could have been better uh, professionally about the assignment? Anything that, that jumps to mind when I ask that question? What could have been better was, and I don't you know I don't know how you do this, but you there's so much, and you could probably say this for taking on any new big role. Your your instinct may be to get into the weeds, and then what happens is you get stuck in the weeds so far that you can't take a step back and look at the forest. And I've been most guilty here of going several weeks being stuck in the weeds and not taking a step back. Um, and that that just is the nature of a fast growing scrappy startup uh, for this for for this you know our financials application. I, I could have done a better job of being intentional every week of taking a step back, taking a taking a breather. Um, fortunately, the, the you know the results have worked out, so it's not impacted the the outcome. But I think just for my own mental health, that would have helped me a bit more. And and really, kind of same question personally. What was good, and what could have been a little bit better personally? Well, what was good is. Uh, 15 countries we visited 15 or 16 countries we visited in uh in in two years i mean it was a it's it's been a two years of a lifetime and then and then what could have been better uh, what didn't go well i would say it was a mistake to come here without my family even just for those for those first several months I, i won't get that time back and i uh it was hard then and uh i didn't expect it to be so hard you kind of think in your mind, man, I can fight through a few months. It's not going to be any big deal. But, you you know, your kids, certainly at 10 and 12 years old, they don't want to be on FaceTime with you every single night. They, you know, it's it's that giving them hugs and it's being with them. It's You can't replicate that over FaceTime. And they, they don't want to be on FaceTime all the time. So I think those uh, that was the hardest part for me. That's what I didn't do well is I shouldn't have left so early. And we learned from that on the return. We're all coming back together. Last question for the bonus. Before we go to the bonus section, would you do it again? Let's say they asked you to do it again in four years. Kids are all in high school, et cetera. Maybe five years when they're out. Would you do it again? Well, if 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 you asked me two years ago, and I have the choice to do it again, or to to do it or not to do it, it would be a thousand times yes. I there is there is no circumstance in which I would not do this again. Would I re- would I do another expat assignment? Probably, probably harder the second time. I'd love to do something longer term, midterm, to where I am traveling more internationally, for you know one week here, one week there. But my you know my parents are getting not not older, but you know they are they are getting older, and and um, I've got great relationships with my brother and sister and uh, with friends and. You, you have to give that up. Um, certainly the closeness, you have to give it up. And I'm, I don't know that we're ready to do that. So so definitely would do, you know, if, you, if I had the choice two years ago to do it or not to do it, it would be a 100% yes, I would do it. But uh, I'm not sure if I'd do it again. Interesting. In five years. Very interesting. Yeah. All right, to the bonus section. A uh, couple number ones. What was the number one thing you could have done better? All come together. In the beginning, that's personal. So I'll throw in what's the number one thing you could have done better professionally. 
I, well, I think I built a good network. I probably could have built a great network. Gotcha. Gotcha. What's the number one takeaway that you will take from this experience? Um, the number one takeaway, I'll make this quick, but it's a big conversation, is that we think the U.S. When when I was in the U, living in the U.S., uh, I thought you know what you know Europe or let's say U.K. It you know I didn't understand how dependent the U.K. is on France and how dependent France is on Spain and how dependent Spain is on Italy. I didn't understand all these the complexity of how these international businesses run. It was more of just why can't you guys get your stuff in order over there in that country and it's because France is so dependent on Greece and Greece is struggling and, and you know you could you could call it political this or that or whatever and I would agree with probably a lot of those statements but these countries are so dependent on each other and I didn't understand or fully appreciate that before I came huh. all right so you mentioned 15 countries this is the last question before we wrap it up I saw some of it on the book face or the Facebook and all the other pictures and things what was the number one trip you took as an expat that this assignment afforded you? I'm going to I'm gonna break it and go two, okay? Okay. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, number one and number two. Number one was Switzerland. We went to, uh, to Zermatt to go skiing. It was incredible. The, uh, the Matterhorn is breathtaking. Like, I always thought that was a weird expression. But when you look at it, it's, it's awe-inspiring. It's incredible. Uh, so we went skiing there. It was amazing. Um, and then the second trip is we took, uh, our, we had a group of friends fly out from the, from Texas and we met in Florence, Italy, and we, uh, drank wine and stayed in a farmhouse on a vineyard for, uh, I think we were there for a total of 10 days. That was an amazing trip. Wow. And you might've been able to do them both from here like your friends did, but having the opportunity sure. to make those shorter trips and, and experience the world is quite, quite a thing that makes me jealous. So in, a lot of fun. Any thoughts as we wrap up the episode on the expat, on what people should be thinking about, any advice in general? I, I would say reach out. Um, I, I probably have one conversation a week, every other week, with people considering. And I, I'd love to talk about it and answer questions and talk about concerns and things you need to think through. So I'm happy to chat with anyone. It's uh, just brian at com. Well, with that, Let's wrap it up. As always, we always say it on the Texel Show. Average is the enemy. Average sucks. If you learned anything from this episode or any of our other episodes, if we're providing any value, please share with a friend. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Tech Sales Show. Subscribe to our email list at www.techsaleshow.com and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Tech Sales Show. Until next week, average is the enemy.